Hey friend, welcome to the Sunday Morning Snuggle. My name is Beck. I'm a clinical psychologist, registrar and a Christian. My favorite thing in the whole world is stories. So I love, I love books. I love interviewing. I love learning how people got from A to B, even if on the outside of it, it looks ridiculous. I love all the nitty gritty. And so the internet just makes me tired right now. Join me as we chat to local Christian women about their joys and their struggles, how they came to trust in Christ and what they have learned through suffering. And this week on the podcast, we have Kira Turner, and I'm so excited to introduce her to you. Kira, tell us about what does a typical week look like for you and what things make up your week? Well, my four-year-old's just starting school and my two-year-old is a full-on two-year-old and my four-month-year-old is going through a big-time aggression. So my week looks like lots of cooking and lots of trying to get children to sleep, basically. And then, and then dreaming of new food recipes because um, that is my other passion is healthy food cooking. So oh, thinking, yum. thinking about that. And where do you live, Kira? Awesome. We live in Broome and we've been living here for about three years. And we moved up for my husband's work as an eye doctor and he's setting up a clinic. And yeah, Broome is an incredible place full of challenges and good things and beautiful nature and... We're part of an awesome little Anglican church and, mm. and um, lots of other families like us and enjoying the outback. Yeah, because the last time I talked to you, there was a lot going on. Like your current passion is marriage counselling? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I've come from a family that talks about conflict and isn't afraid to debate things and we were always encouraged to say whatever we thought and felt. And my mum is a psychologist, so I guess part of that is her training. So we grew up, I grew up in a sort of a loud, sort of Mediterranean South African family. And, and yeah, I was kind of used to talking about issues and stuff. And then getting married to Angus has been wonderful, but he's obviously had a different kind of way of dealing with conflict and... We both saw in our families marriages that were healthy and marriages that weren't healthy, and a particular marriage which broke down, which was quite close to home, and made us sort of want to protect our marriage, I guess. Um, And so we decided to do a marriage course, which um, the Holy Holy Trinity Brompton, the um, the church that runs Alpha Course, Mm. they offer a really fantastic marriage course online. And so we did that together with some friends who encouraged us. And then we decided to offer it to members of our community. And our pastor asked us to open it up to the church as well. And so, yeah, so we just... We kind of facilitate a yearly marriage course and basically try to open up conversations with our friends about not being afraid to work on things like communication with our partners and having fun with our partners and feeling passionate about healthy marriages and our own healthy marriage. Oh, wow. Kira, so this is not 
premarital course, but more how do we do marriage in the midst of it? Yeah, exactly. So this church offers pre-marriage and marriage courses, which is fantastic. I guess the people um, that we have been surrounded at have mostly been married couples who who kind of are happy but feel like they could be happier, maybe, <laughs> or just feel like it's working but could be working better. And what do you do? You know, we I think people aren't used to therapy or marriage counselling or talking about their dark skeletons in the closet so it's nice to normalize it I guess oh yeah and especially in a group setting groups are great for that yeah so so actually the idea is that we get together for the first session and the last session and discuss privately in our couples and then meet up weekly on zoom kind of as an accountability and then do that session on our own with our partner at home so it is it is private and confidential but there's just it's got the the framework of accountability and encouragement of doing it with other people. It's so beautiful. How many couples do you get doing that? Um, we've had sort of four, five or six couples um, year to year. So max would be five. It's just such a great resource. And even though we've done yeah. it three times, yeah. we feel like we grow each time we do it. So yeah, so it's definitely an area that Angus and I are passionate about and our church is on board with as well and yeah yeah and what I love about it is like there's not a lot of services in Broome but also it's just it's like proactively caring for your marriage Mm, yeah just just as as you mean like there's less out there and less people, so everyone ends up getting involved somehow in their skill set. Is that what you kind of mean? No, what I mean is like that in country towns there's not a heap of counsellors anyway, but it seems like there's a spectrum of healthy and some marriages just need like a few tweaks. Mm, yeah, exactly. That's so true. Yeah, a lot of being being a remote place, you do rely on online stuff a lot more and you rely on each other a lot more, I guess, as a community, um, which is which is great. Yeah. What do you reckon has been the biggest change for you living in a country town? Like what's been the best thing and what's been the biggest challenge? The best one, if that comes to mind, is not having traffic lights. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Being an ex-South African, I'm like, traffic to rives me crazy. And so it's nice not having traffic lights and traffic jams. And my two-year-old was totally on the same page when we were in Perth recently. She was like, go, mum, go. And I was like, Lizzie, I can't. The light is red and there's a pile of cars in front of me. Um, so not having that to deal with on a daily basis is awesome. But definitely going, like just not having a commute, I guess, means you have more Mm. family time and um, not having to drive far has probably been the best thing. And the greatest challenge, I guess, is just being away from family and feeling a bit cut off at times and feeling a little bit like you're missing out on stuff, which kind of bounds back to if you get used to the fact that you're missing out on stuff and you then realise there's nothing much to miss out on and then you don't feel like you're missing out on stuff. If that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your ongoing struggle being in Enneagram 7. 
<laughs> yes. Although apparently I'm a four, but anyway. Oh, you're a four. I'm sorry. I'm just making stuff up now. But the underlying wiring is like I'm, I'm missing out on something fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because like I would think you're in broom doing cool things. Yeah. Well, I guess like I know that I'm missing out on stuff, but there's nothing I can do about it because I can't pop on a plane to Perth and, and have fun in Perth. So that makes like not having the choice of things to miss mm. out on is so much better because I feel less and see that I'm missing out on stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do for fun in Broome? Pretty much go to the beach and go to the beach Never go and to the beach. go to a friend's beach. pool for a barbie and go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your skin looked really brown when I saw you. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, so you got this church stuff going on. You've got this hecticness with three little girls. You've got Angus's work, which also comprises your work as well. Like, tell us a bit about that. So the big dream is to open up this healthy food cafe that is a non-for-profit that is focused on uh, mentoring young chefs and hospitality students in the school in TAFE and also women who have come from a tough time who are wanting to re-enter the workspace. Um, So just a great place where we make amazing food from the vegetables grown in the community garden and it sounds totally idealistic and fantastic but I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> no, I am unable to work um, that much obviously yeah. and so we're looking for a full-time manager to run our amazing cafe called Love Food LV Food and yeah that's going to be it's, it'll just be a great space and it will have amazing food and so I'm basically involved in the, the dreaming up of the vision behind the cafe and then training people and then kind of letting go and letting it run its course oh, and popping my oh, head amazing. in every now and again for a cup of coffee and checking that the standards are high oh yeah your plate is full and also, you spent years like cooking out of a van while Angus was <laughs> doing eye surgeries. Oh, yeah, that was in the beginning of the early days, pre-kids, <laughs> um, when, when we had so much time on our hands. And and I made little videos around the outback. We made a cool video in Mika Thara and one in Port Hedland and interviewed a few patients and locals and made some food and had a bit of fun. Um, so, so yeah, this is kind of a version of that, I guess. Um, and we'll see how it goes, basically. But yeah, that's that's another great thing about a country town is, as soon as anyone does anything, the whole the whole community kind of gets behind it and supports it, which is great. So Aww. it'll happen. It'll happen. That's so great. And how's the specialist center going? Because that was in a a backpackers, right? Yeah, so this was kind of my angst, my husband Angus's dream for many years and there was an obvious need for an eye hub to be in Kimberley, specifically in Broome, just so that patients wouldn't have to fly to Perth So for their eye surgery, which was necessary for them to sort of be able to see, basically. It's a really important um, eye surgery and eye clinic. Um, so yeah, it's amazing because uh, backpackers got donated and the government put up a heap of money and they've done a whole big reno and a whole big new build 
and um, it looks amazing. So the cafe is part of that. There's such a cool garden. There's an optometry shop. There's other um, workspaces for allied health and other healthy groups to work from. And then really state-of-the-art equipment. And it's just such a such a great sort of facility offered to people in the Kimberley and the Pilbara region. And so they also fly out on a little plane and go and see patients. And it just, yeah, saves people from having to go to Perth, which is mm-hmm. hard and really difficult for a lot of a lot of people. So, so yeah, so that's kind of the eye clinic side of things. That's amazing. Like that's that, amazing. Yeah, that's been Angus's that, yeah, dream for just Angus's so dream, long. That's so beautiful to see it. Well, it was all possible because I like living in Broome, to be honest. If I didn't like Broome, we wouldn't be here and people would be going blind. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay, I'd love to know, what are a few of your favourite TV shows, books or podcasts recently? Oh my gosh, you're talking to someone who hasn't read a book in a long time. I did an English major at university and I feel like I outdid my quota of books to read. But Angus and I read a book together because I'm very grateful that Angus also struggles to read just as much as I do. And we currently are reading a book called Your Children's Love Languages, which is pretty cool. But probably, um, and I think it's a book that kind of explains your your kids and their their way of needing to be loved Um, because it's love languages for adults and this is kind of a children's explanation of love languages so i've only just started that but if i had to be truthfully honest the the other favorite book would be gerald durrell's my family and other animals i don't know if you know it but it's like a classic it's a family that go to corfu this greek island and it's read by um it's from the eyes of the 12 year old boy who's like this like just loves animals and loves the little bug and loves the tree and it's all about the characters the interesting characters on this greek island that they meet and that he meets and yeah it's his his kind of really innocent but beautiful understanding of the world as a 12 year old well for someone who's not reading you sound very coherent i do make up words every now and again and sometimes (laughs) my addiction is terrible but now my favorite question and I feel like this is going to be your area to shine. What do you cook that everybody asks you for the recipe? Oh, girl, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> um, my go-to, because I'm the salad queen, would be like chop up any vegetable in your fridge, whether it's a cauliflower, a broccoli, a sweet potato, an eggplant, tomatoes, zucchini, anything. Chop them up mm. and you mm. roast them in the oven at like 200 degrees olive oil salt you can chuck in a few dried herbs if you want but no pressure pinch of salt love olive oil so you know a good a good lug of olive oil jamie oliver is my big inspiration so any of his recipes inspire me but yeah you roast that and it goes all golden and delicious and then you let it cool down and you toss it into a bed of greens like baby spinach or something um, and then sprinkle a bit of, of um, feta cheese mm. and um, you toast some nuts or seeds on the in a fry pan on a medium heat, no oil, and you let it all pop and get all toasted. And so you add your toasted seeds to the salad, which adds a delicious crunch. And then you get a roast chicken already roasted from Coles or Willies. 
Mm. And you get some wraps mm. and a bit of hummus, and there's your dinner done. Oh, wow. Yum. That just sounds delicious. So, yeah, that's, that's the thing. You can just keep a heap of roasted vegetables or homemade dips in the fridge, and then you're good to go Yum. for many meals. Brilliant. So I would love to know, what are your current game changers? This might be a product or a hack or a reframe of a way you look at a situation, but basically something that's making life easier or better. So because I don't read many books, I do listen to a lot of music and a lot of podcasts. <gasps> Two of my favorite are a lot of Tim Keller sermons. Enjoy mm. Tim Keller. Ladies, we need to talk. Totally on the other spectrum. But it's like <laughs> all ladies. Um, so those are just quite interesting. And love listening to a lot of Christian music. And also I've got this friend who started this amazing podcast. Um, her name is, uh, um, I might have heard of her. Her name's Beck. Anyway, she started this really cool podcast. I enjoy listening to all of those kinds of things. So I would say my number one favorite thing would be my wireless headphones. Go for a bit of exercise, go for a walk, put in my earphones and listen to all of those good things. So yeah, my number one favorite gadget, I guess you could say, or hack at the moment would be my earphones. (laughs) Yeah, you do a lot of voice texting, hey? Like most of my texts from you sound like you're walking along a very busy road. (laughs) Totally underutilized. The voice note is is life-changing. Who's got time to type? And then also you can hear the tone of voice. You can sort of, because I'm a verbal processor, I like process things as I'm talking to my friend in the message. And also you can then speed up the message when you're listening to it. So because I ramble a lot, I would encourage anyone to listen to my voice note on at least one and a half speed. (laughs) You get through that voice note really quickly. (laughs) Get to the point, you know. That is so great. What are you doing that makes you feel the most alive? Like, this is what I was made to do. I get excited just thinking about it, but dancing. (laughs) I love dancing. Yeah? I love to dance. I grew up dancing. I cut my dad's a performer, so he's always danced. I did dancing in uni. And so, yeah, I just feel alive. And, like, it's the one time when I can really forget about anything and feel in my body. So and then and then it's pretty it's fun because both my girls love dancing as well. So Aww. we put on, on some tunes and we dance in the living room. Do you have a specific style that you like to dance? I like a bit of hip hop. I love jazz and sort of salsa music. All styles. Just just it's about listening to the music and letting it move your body in whichever way the music does. That sounds totally out there, but I'm sure you get what I mean. I do. I used to do West Coast Swing and I loved it for exactly the same reason that you talked about. Like you just can't think about anything else. Yes. You're just completely yes. into it. Yes, that is gonna it's gonna be one of my marriage goals is to get into tango lessons with my husband. I love that. I wanted Zach to do West Coast, but he wouldn't. But I might have a better chance with tango. Okay, anyway, tell me. How did you become a Christian? I basically grew up in a Christian home. So it was kind of something that I just fell into and it made sense. And I went to an awesome Christian high school that was sort of really solid. And so my faith faith just sort of naturally deepened that way. And then same in university, I just plugged into a really great church. 
and never had much crisis of faith or doubt or anything really until I, I, I had like one crisis of faith I guess in my gap year when I was 18 and I was overseas and lonely and desperate and mm. missing home and, and that was a hard time where I, reali- where I like remember I guess crying out to God and chatting to my parents at home who, who are Christian and kind of got through that time but probably the worst time of suffering was when I was 22 and I had finished university my family had immigrated to Perth, Australia, and they, I kind of had to come to Australia for a year to activate my visa, and it was a massive, I had a massive fight with my mum about it and didn't want to come, and my parents were like, you have to come, and I had this serious boyfriend, and they were like, your boyfriend's not good news, you've got to break up with him, and it was just like a Romeo and Juliet drama, and um Anyway, I came under much duress, even though I was sort of 22 and could make up my own decisions, basically. Mm. Family were really, they said to me, we think this is the best thing for you, to come to Australia, to just try it for a year. And because then you get a permanent resident visa, which like the whole world is desperate for. So I think they're like, you've got no idea what we're offering you here. (laughs) So anyway. I, in my wisdom and maturity, luckily, a little bit, I said, okay, I'll come try it for a year. But um, it resulted in me breaking up with my boyfriend, who at that time was the love of my life, who I was going to marry. And Perth was hot and flat and dry, and everyone had their friends, and no one to be my friend. And it was just, it was just awful. I think it was, it was probably mostly the, the heartbrokenness from the boyfriend that really was awful and then just kind of didn't know what I was doing and yeah yeah, I think got a bit depressed and for the first time in my life really experienced extreme loss and suffering and kind of doubted God and and had this interesting thought process of like how can there be this loving God I don't think there can be a loving God but then like life without God felt really pointless and that was really terrifying to me Mm. and I kind of thought I kind of just reasoned well there can't not be a God there must be a God and so then I with the help of my cousin who's an incredible Christian was my cousin's wife who's an incredible Christian and who was helping me through this journey and reminding me of God's promises and I guess it was kind of like a sort of a fork in the road where either I could have decided to not believe in God and Mm. turn away from my faith that I'd grown up in or I take the great risk of believing in God's promises and I remember just reading all of the promises in the Bible of like you know God never leaves us or forsakes us he's got plans for us plans to prosper us not to harm us and um, he never puts us through anything that we can't handle he is our mountain like just you know there's a lot of scripture that talks about god's good promises for us and so with reason and rationality i decided to take a leap of faith and trust that god did act upon his promises um, some of them not for this life and some of them for the next life. But I guess, yeah, it was it was just like I decided to choose to 
keep on believing in God and kept on going to church and crying. I cried a lot. Eventually got over the heartbrokenness and eventually just healed from the heartbrokenness really. And the feeling of God loving me started to come where before it was just a head knowledge. I then felt God's love and felt his spirit. And Yeah, do you reckon prior to that you hadn't had that experience of God's presence? No, I had. I went to a really charismatic church growing up and to university so I think I I experienced I definitely experienced the Holy Spirit and experienced God's love but I guess through the suffering and that hardship felt nothing from God in a way but then through choosing to take the leap of faith and believe God's promises the feeling of God's love I experienced once again. I don't know. No, no, no. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like kind of in that experience of suffering, that real depression, it's then had only, there's no pleasure or enjoyment or anything. Like all of those positive feelings are just stripped away. Yes. But then when you really looked at it, when you were like, do I believe this? Is God with me? What do these promises mean? Those are the things that help you get through. Those are the things that help you get through to the other side. And once you did, those feelings came back. But it's stronger than those feelings. Yes, exactly. It was like within the suffering, all the good feelings go, the joy, the happiness. And then it's choosing to still believe in God, even though you don't feel those feelings. Yeah. And then asking, just ask, like I remember just asking God a lot, saying, please help me, please, please help me feel your love because it feels all too hard. And then I would, you know, God would always pull through. I would then start to feel hope. I think that's what I felt. I think that's what it was that I started feeling more and more of as I was healing was the feeling of hope. Yeah, because everything you have, everything familiar, like your friends, your boyfriend, your home, everything familiar was gone. Yeah, yeah, my foundation was rocked mm. a little bit. I mean, it didn't take too long. It was probably it was probably a, a really tough year, I guess. But ugh, it's a real it's a real thing for a lot of people, and but it is. And when you're in it, you think there's no way out. I'll always feel like mm. yeah. Like, and the, the thing of um. Like suffering and loss is really interesting because I th- because I've had such an easy life, I guess, and an easy upbringing, I never really experienced much loss or hardship. This was the first time I was exp- experiencing incredible loss. And then I sort of thought, oh, well, you know, people who've, who've lost a loved one, someone's died or they've lost their home or involved in that great kind of tragedy where they've lost their house or whatever like that's so much worse than what I'm going through yet at the same time I sort of felt like loss is loss you know if you lose something that's precious to you if you lose something that's precious to you it's mm. still it really unites you with humanity because you realize it's such a human feeling is loss and suffering even if it is small reason or a big reason it's still loss and it's it's kind of a real feeling yeah loss is loss yeah Mm. yeah but just just one point which i think really helped me was going back to the bible and going to the word and seeking out the passages 
that speak about how God's love for his children, um, how God never leaves us, um, how there is hope. All of those verses sort of, even if you feel like you don't believe them, if you just speak them over and over again and you write them out and you put them on your fridge and you say them to yourself and over and over again and you, you listen to worship songs that quote the Bible a lot, like I found that to be an incredibly powerful tool of just speaking the Holy Scriptures over yourself and filling your mind with that because... Yeah, sometimes we have such a battle of the mind where we, we sort of believing in lies and then it's about filling our mind with the truth. Yeah, interestingly, a woman I interviewed last week, Tabitha, she said the same thing. Yeah. Like, no way is too small for me. I'll get it through a kid's story. I'll write it on my wall. I'll memorize it. Like any way she could get scripture into her day. Mm. For the same reason. Yeah. So good. Who's someone who's inspired you in your Christian walk and why? It would probably be my my cousin Emma, who yeah, is an incredible woman. She's got she's got this gift of encouragement. She's incredibly encouraging, mm. and she knows her Bible so well. So we would go for walks um, and we still go for walks and we just pray for our family and we pray for our husbands and our friends and yeah, she just quotes the Bible and it's incredibly encouraging and always has been. And so I've, I've been grateful for her, especially through the hard times. Um, and we were never close growing up and it was suddenly like we had both moved to Australia but we both were in Perth and yeah, it was just the right time. And when I really needed someone. So I'll always be grateful to her. That's so beautiful. But it can be as simple as that. Like, let me encourage you from the Bible. Like, let me pray for you. Mm. Did you get that from her? Whenever I see you, are like, what's the challenge? What's a good thing? How can I pray for you? Like, it's never surface level. That's what I love about you. Oh, yeah. I think... um. I guess it's getting to the heart of what Christian woman fellowship is in a way. Like we are there to be with each other through the boring, the, the boringness of, <laughs> of home life. You know, home life is wonderful. Raising children is wonderful, but it's also quite boring and, and mundane. mundane. But, you know, woman fellowship, I think, is also about praying for each other and being there for each other and going deep, you know, sharing your struggles, sharing your burdens and reminding each other of God's, the way God preserves us and saves us. So, yeah, so I guess so. And I, I also went to this colour conference, this women's conference in Sydney just before COVID hit. Mm. And it was a conference just for women and it was such an encouragement in that way. It was like whenever you get together with, as friends, just pray for each other, you know. And it's a nice way to moan about life, but then also to like, let's just be proactive and do something useful. You know? <laughs> right. There's something really beautiful about like women getting together. It's why I love my women's Bible study. Yeah. It's like just getting together, being vulnerable, acknowledging the heart, just being like, let's pray because I don't know. Mm. I think we've lost that in our like modern day society because in the old days the women used to get together and and you know all peel the tomatoes and make the big tomato passata or all get together and 
sweep the you know the verandas or you know they just was that community was simpler and smaller in those days and women did a lot together and the men did a lot together and there's such a um there's such a strong community aspect to that which i think we've lost in a way so yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man so as we wrap up what's a word of encouragement you can offer to a woman who might be listening who's walking through a similar season i would say reach out and talk to someone always I am a big talker, so it's easy for me to say. But I think a burden shared is a burden halved. And don't underestimate the power of sharing one's burden with someone that you feel like you can trust, who can walk alongside you and pray for you and just listen to you. Yeah. We all need that person, and it's great if we can be that someone to someone else. Absolutely. Now, who would you like to nominate for this next? Oh, can I nominate Brianne Palmer? Do it. Oh, do I love it. Brianna. Brie. I nominate Brie. Yes. Brilliant. Yes. That's it. That's all the things. Thanks for joining us, friends. If you would like to support the podcast, please text it to a friend, share it on social media, get it in front of women in Perth Southeast who would love chats about books and food and what we're learning about God through Heart City. You can also support the Sunday Morning Snuggle by rating and reviewing it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help women find us. For essays, curated fun links, and notifications of new episodes, check out the Sunday Morning Snuggle. Godsubstack.com. Mm-hmm.